Hello everybody, Dr. Amy here. So I was just on a Q&A. We have weekly Q&As um, and case reviews with the Focus Elite Access Doctors, which just to clarify any confusion, that's anybody who's taken the certification series, the online learning, which consists of online learning modules and a, a live training. And, um, and then joins uh, the Focus Elite Access community, which is more support. You have the Brain Blossom program um, that you can use in your office for at-home stuff for your patients so you don't have to do it at your office. You just do chiropractic and do it well. And uh, case support and marketing stuff and community lectures and all this stuff. And one of the things is, um, we have a monthly case review where the doctors come submit questions and we just learn it could be practical procedural stuff office stuff business stuff clinical stuff so we had an awesome one today but one of the things i thought would be cool to talk about because i see this question come up a ton is kids that are afraid to go or having big troubles going to the bathroom in the bathroom on the potty you can tell i have a little kid because i say potty um and you know, the biggest thing, I'm very systematic, and so I want to help you work through this in a, in a hold-apart kind of way. So the first thing is we need to understand that there's a time for clinical tools, there's a time for brain-based tools, and we need to, you know, not every, you're not a hammer and not everything's a nail. So we need to understand, first of all, what are we talking about when a kid is having trouble going potty? So if we have a kid who's having trouble, let's say a five, six, four-year-old, whatever, um, kid having trouble going poop on the potty, on the toilet, we need to understand, first of all, is that we need to take an appropriate case history and, sorry, someone's messaging me, and we need to be able to say, are we having, you know, pain? Is there constipation? Do they get diarrhea? Is there gastrointestinal issues um, currently, acutely? So we need to understand that, right? Because okay that and that's usually where us where we doctors are thinking we're like oh well they're having trouble because they're they're chronically constipated okay and then we need to be able to say okay what are the tools and the assessment that we bring to the table for a kid who's chronically constipated do we treat chronic constipation with let's say magnesium no we don't treat chronic constipation we look at the whole system so we first need to understand okay well we know that as chiropractors we are working on correcting subluxation we know that when subluxation is present that it can either be a result of increased sympathetic activation or it can be creating and or it will be creating and the snowball effect will be creating this increase or um, activation of the sympathetic nervous system and this out of balance or um, imbalance in the autonomic nervous system and we also know that there needs to be a clinical exam that's looking for clues, this is a fun part of our job, clues as to is a subluxation present. If a subluxation is present and it's altering neurological function, input, processing, output, alteration in sympathetic, parasympathetic, there's going to be some clinical clues. The clinical clue is not a kid is chronically constipated. That's a symptom indicating a problem, not telling you what the problem is. Maybe the kid's eating fruit roll-ups every day all day. Maybe that's why he's chronically constipated. Maybe he's in such stress at school that his system is in sympathetic overdrive and constantly all the time and he's constipated. We don't know. Constipation is a symptom. It's a sign. 
it's a window it's a window into a system that is not operating optimally what we do is we look for subluxation if subluxation is there then we will see alterations in postural uh, in our posture in range of motion um, we will see alterations and something come up in the nervous system, i.e. neurological compromise. So what are the things you're looking for there? Are you, do, are you looking at the pupils? That's a really cheap and easy way to look at autonomic balance. We talk about that in the certification series. Maybe you do heart rate variability, highly recommend it. Maybe you do thermography, highly recommend it. Maybe you do SEMG to look at tone and tension, highly recommend it, or some variation of those to have some sort of indicator to look at autonomic nervous system function. So we have to look there, and then we say, hey, there's indicators of subluxation. We know subluxation causes alterations in communication and function within the nervous system. We know that that's really important and critical for the function and processing of an individual, including gut function and health and motility if we're sympathetically activated then that impacts motility and just health and the lining of the gut wall and we can cause it can cause a breakdown and dysbiosis and all of this for chronically sympathetically dominant so we need to correct that now let's say we correct you know we're working on correcting subluxation we're seeing all these massive changes maybe you do some dietary stuff as well and we're seeing lovely changes we no longer have a chronically constipated kid we don't have pain upon um, bowel movements we don't have trouble with frequency of bowel movements we're doing great but the kid still won't go potty on the potty this is where we have to understand we need to know more not necessarily do more we don't have a bad kid we're not necessarily saying we have a bad parent we need to understand that the parent is going to be frustrated and you're like hey the kid's doing amazing but he still won't go on the potty why do you think that is this kid's whole life or at least for some portion of their life they've had fear pain and sympathetic activation around going into the bathroom sitting on the potty and having a bowel movement so even though the problem has been taken away, the actual constipation, the pain, the physiological problem, the behavioral peg of processing is still there. I'm afraid to go on the potty. Logic is not guiding the show here, right? Low brain is guiding the show. I'm not safe in that room sitting on that thing going potty. And so we then have to, what we call, play a new game, merge it with reality, and then repeat, PMR. And that is, okay, the, we're, we've taken away the initial insult. We've improved. We have a more healthy, adapting individual who is not having the symptoms that caused the behavioral issue in the first place, behavioral issue, or deflection in the first place. And so now, let's just, this is an example we used just recently, with a kid who's having the same presentation, mom and dad were like, yeah, he's not on Miralax anymore. He's not having pain. He's able to go multiple times a day. It's normal. It's not diarrhea. So what do we do? We're so frustrated. We think he's making bad choices and being bad. And we're like, no, he's afraid. So what we did with them is he would only go, he would ask to put a diaper on because that felt safe to him and he would go in the corner. So we said, great. Get it, and he was afraid of the little mobile potty as well. So he started going in a trash can outside of the potty in a trash can in the squatting position. So he was getting in the squatting position and he felt safe to do this in a trash can. And we said, don't make a big deal out of it. Um, don't make a big deal out of it. 
reward, like encourage him to do this. He's having control and awareness of when he has to go and making a choice to go and then start doing what we teach. They're called focus stories. They're not just picture stories. It's a little different. It's start doing stories where we take video and do little picture stories of what happens and be silly with it when we go potty. So we start just going when he doesn't have to go potty, going in and saying we sit on the potty and then we do this silly thing and then we get this toy. And so we're doing that while simultaneously allowing him to get in the squatting position, have control and listen to his body cues and that interoception and go potty in the toilet in the, or in the trash can in the squatting position. And so then he did that. And then eventually we said, eventually, We've given him prediction with the visual stories. We're lowering stress. We've improved physiological reason that he was having the issues in the first place and he created these routinized behavioral deflections. Now, just watch. It's going to merge and he's just going to do it. And then one day, he just went to dad and said, I have to go, I have to go poopy. I wanna go in the potty, will you help me? And we said, don't make a big deal. Just go in, say yeah, and go in and have him go and help him and then reward him and do just like what you did in the visual story or the focus story and they did that and this kid has been going on the potty ever since now they're going to start him in school and i said this is a demand i want you to know it's possible you may see some pulling in you may see a little regression with the potty as he becomes sympathetically activated and he has this deflected pattern or routinized pattern from his past know that that might happen so again you're giving parents prediction and no we're not going to say oh no he's back at square one we're going to use it as a window into how he's adapting to stress and we're going to we're going to support him meet him where he is and make sure he doesn't become deflected and become routinized in that new pattern but instead use it as a window to understanding where he is and support him through that so there's a lot of different pieces to this so when i see questions that are just like what do i do for this symptom I love that because you guys are thinking like, okay, great, we understand that we can help, but we have to look at it from a, okay, clinical perspective, what is that symptom telling us and what are our tools and how do we assess, what is our assessment, and then how do we continue to assess to know when is it time to bring other clinical tools in addition to chiropractic or brain-based tools in to help that individual function better, engage better, and connect better as a individual and as a family in their environment and this is everything that focus is all about you get to stay in the chiropractic lane but you get to know a little bit more you get to you get to upgrade your communication you become an expert you provide the help these families need by allowing by by really coming at this from a hold apart developmental standpoint knowing what you do what you don't do how you support and seeing their kids for more than just the deficits and challenges Question here, have you seen if these kids become stressed that they regress with the potty? Yep, that's what I just, that's, that's a great question and that's exactly, sometimes you will see that. Just like a kid who maybe has a verbal tick and you see that go away through the same mechanism that we just talked about and the same clinical thinking and the same procedures that we teach you to look at and the same exams and, and you know, you're bringing your clinical tools and you're watching that and you might see, oh, that sign, that symptom has decreased, that tick, but then they started school and ooh, the tick came back. Is it, oh no, the tick came back? Or is it, okay, let's sit back and watch and wonder? I always say we have to make sure that we're watching and saying, is this a stop along the way? Because pulling in happens in growth, pulling in and then growth and then pulling in and then growth. That's normal, that's healthy, that's typical development. 
Or is this more than two to four weeks and this is becoming a new deflection or a regression of a deflection that we saw before? That's the key. We have to be able to understand development, know a little bit more, lead with the brain to be able to answer those questions. So absolutely, you can see a regression and the question is, is it a regression or is it a pulling in? And that's what we have to be able to know. Okay, everybody, hopefully that was super helpful. I'm sure you all have this presentation in your practice um, because it's a common one. And um, what we have to offer is pretty incredible. And we know that that gut health, ooh, that gut health is so critical to overall health, brain development, processing, and the development, the developmental trajectory. So do good work, um, learn to lead with the brain, keep it simple, find that simplicity, and help the people in your community that need you.